It's October 17th. Hi. From the 630 Chad Afternoon News. I wanna get high. Six on this October 17th, the day that uh, recreational cannabis is legal in this country. And uh, it's been a full day of education, mm-hmm. of talk, of learning for some of us, for a lot of us, for others. Just like, hey, this is old hat. We know all about this. And we're hearing from all of you this afternoon. We are. And there's, uh, there's some intricacies to this. So let's try mm-hmm. and clear it up on day one. Canadians, as you've heard, are now allowed to grow up to four cannabis plants in their homes. But what if you live in a condo or an apartment building. It may not be as simple as growing and smoking. We're joined this afternoon by condominium, municipal and real estate lawyer from Miller L. Miller Thompson LLP, Robert no- Noche. It's great to see you again. And <laughs> I just you. stumbled my way yeah, through that, wow, didn't that was, I? That's right. Well, yeah. thank you. You thank made you. me all nervous. We were reminiscing about we how were. long ago it was when we first met. And it I was know. back in 2004 when you ran for mayor. I did, oh yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Do you remember that, Andrew? I do not. Yeah. Were you here in 04? Let's, yes. You don't remember? Obviously, I didn't make it. You did not mount <laughs> a great campaign. That's why I didn't win. I would have, <laughs> so I would have totally go. voted for you. <laughs> Back then, I was having condo problems. In fact, I would have loved to have had you at the helm. Well, we wanted to bring you in once again to talk about this aspect of it because I think, you know, obviously, if you're living in your own home that you own, and uh, th- that's one thing, but if you're living in a, in, a, in a shared property or a rental property, things are a little different when it comes to uh, cannabis and, and maybe what you can and can't do and what the condo boards are doing. Um, first off, how busy have you been on this front? Well, the, the, it has created a lot more work for me um, and t- unanticipated in the sense that with a new piece of legislation, a lot of people are uncertain as to the outcome and the impact it will have on their quality of life. Mm-hmm. And I think they've reached out to me and many other people to figure out ways to minimize the impact uh, to people. And the impact will be generally a nuisance uh, and, and for those who smoke it. The impact won't be for those who use oils or, or eat it uh, because that will be the equivalent of someone having a, a glass of wine in their unit. The impact won't be felt. The impact will be for those who smoke it. And, and the fact that a lot of these buildings are not airtight and that smell will go through their unit into the hallways, into other units, and that that's what is or will be the true impact of mm-hmm. this. So this is uh, confusing to me. So let me try and figure this out. You're the right guy. Okay. All right. So there's a difference between laws and their, and rules. Those are two different things. In, in condo living, they're spe- specific? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it, it's the same as the conversation we had with the counselors off the top of the show. It's not like marijuana was not available prior to today. <laughs> it, in fact, you know, today is just simply it's out in the open, right? Yes. So you would have thought condo associations, apartment building managers and landlords would have already been dealing with this for years. Not necessarily, because for those who were smoking marijuana in their condo units before the change today... Uh, the fact they were doing an illegal act. And so there were other mechanisms to deal with an illegal act. So if someone was doing something in their unit that was contrary to the law, because smoking marijuana 
prior to today would be an illegal act. There was other there were, would be other mechanisms. So the fact that it's legal now makes the uh, enforcement issue more challenging for a condominium corporation. So in the absence of any bylaw provision, and it has to be done by bylaw amendment to talk about how and where one can smoke uh, marijuana. In the absence of, of all of that, it will create uncertainty at in, within the condominium so, corporation. So each association would have had to have gotten the rules in place already then, I would assume. Hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yes. And so, you know, there's not only the consumption, but there's also the growing, the four, the four plants. If you are a Canadian citizen living in a condo, uh, whose government just said that it's legal to grow four plants, yes. does a condo association have more authority than the government of Canada to say, no, you can't? Correct, yes. The condominium corporation can come up with, uh, pr- provided that 75% of the owners and unit factors, so that's a, it's a double-edged approach, but assuming you meet the threshold to approve a bylaw amendment, you can prohibit the growing of any plants in the unit of a condominium corporation, both in the unit, on the balcony, anywhere on the common property, in the parkade, anywhere. So the the condominium corporation has that power. And so the owners need to come together. No different than if the condominium corporation decided today that we want to be a pet-free building. And they could pass that bylaw amendment to say we are pet-free. Now, the challenge will be those who haven't implemented a rule today and start smoking and or growing today. Yeah. What mm. happens then? Because I know you've said all along, like, if you haven't done it by now, you're, like, behind the times. Right. It, it becomes a little more challenging now because then the issue becomes this. Do you grandfather them or allow them to keep growing their plants and or smoking within their units because the change occurred after <laughs> October 17th. And, and some would argue you should. No different than if today if the condominium corporation said we want to be a pet-free building, my advice to the corporation would be, okay, anyone who has a pet today gets to keep their pet, but they if that pet dies or they decide to get rid of it, then they can't get mm-hmm. a new one. Mm-hmm. So they we what we typically say grandfather these these people who are in breach but recognize that the rule changed in midstream so that becomes a challenge there's no legal requirement to grandfather anyone but then you're going to create other issues so for those corporations that dealt with it prior to october 17 good for them for those who haven't for those who haven't, you've got some new issues that you didn't have before October 17th. Don't you say condo boards are different world? My dad was like the head of the condo board and his place in Thunder Bay, and he was just like, I'm out of here. Like, when yeah. he's like, it's I'm tough. never doing this again. There's a lot of little intricacies in oh, there. Oh, absolutely. Someone just te- texted in and said, you know what? My condo board just banned cannabis smoking, but cigarette smoking is still allowed. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's perfectly fine, perfectly legal, perfectly legitimate. So you can make Well, I, I don't know if it's perfectly legitimate. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's lawful. It's right. legal. Yeah. And, yeah. and so from an enforcement perspective, yeah. perfectly, um, perfectly fine to do. And obviously within that corporation, there are probably smokers who said we want to mm-hmm. still smoke, but we want to prohibit cannabis. Perfectly legitimate mm-hmm. and legal. So there's a, a vehicle to be used by uh, those individuals who 
own their property but are members of condo associations because they simply have to get a majority to agree that they want plants grown in the association, you know, within the buildings governed by the association. What about renters? Do they have any rights? Well, the renters are going to be bound by the bylaws of any condominium corporation. So if you're renting within a condominium, the bylaws apply. In the in the other multifamily development, you as a renter, so you it's no condominium association, so you rent from an owner of an apartment building, that's going to be done by way of contract or rules that the landlord puts up. And so there is less democracy mm. in the landlord-tenant environment there w- than there is in the condominium living. Because this text just came in. Yeah. Uh, Can you please ask, Robert, if a landlord has the right to stop tenants from growing and or smoking cannabis? So if I'm renting out my house, I'm renting out a floor in my place, I'm renting out my townhouse, do they have the right? Well. The, the, the short answer is yes. The long answer is it's done by contract. So if, for example, I had a valid lease agreement that didn't prohibit this use, and it, prior, obviously, to today, one could make an argument that you can't do this now. I have a valid agreement, this rule, you now want to change this agreement, you can't do it. So you have some contractual arguments to make. But again, the landlord, in the landlord-tenant environment, the democracy is not front and center as it would be, contrary to what some may think, in condominium living, though. So it's possible, and I would strongly suggest that for a landlord to to do that now unilaterally and impose new rules on their tenants, that they get some advice and follow and make sure that their new rules are properly enforceable. As you know, uh, one of the major renter uh, company, uh, major uh, multifamily development companies in, in Alberta who rents apartment buildings made that change. And I think if you're going to make changes, I love the absolute prohibition because it's the easiest way to enforce the rule. Because if you say, well, we'll allow you to only have two plants, not Mm. four, how do you ever know that? Mm -hmm. So it's better to say no plants because from an enforcement perspective, you either have it or not, and that goes from smoking. And then when you look at the rules that the city of Edmonton, for example, put in, in terms of where you can smoke, you know, many people are saying, where can I smoke this stuff? Trust me, I'm one of them. (laughs) Uh, But let me ask you this then, because... If you have an absolute prohibition, yes. um, then I'll tell you where the first chip comes in. Well, then somebody goes, yeah, well, I have, I have medical marijuana, though. So how do you deal with that issue and allow, well, he can smoke because, or she, they, they're medical marijuana users, but the person in the same unit paying the same rent next door cannot? Well, you've raised the other issue is the human rights issue, where someone could make a claim that they need it for some disability. And if that's the case, and, and human rights legislation does in fact apply to condo living, I, as, as, I, as recently as a few days ago, the Ontario Human Rights Commission came out with their policy and saying recreational use is not a human right. So we're not going to protect anyone who simply wants to smoke it for recreational purposes. But if you have some disability, whole different discussion. In terms of the individual who needs it for medical reasons, there are better ways of getting that marijuana without impacting your fellow owners through oils and other mm. methods. Ooh, so so could, a, could an association say, yes, we understand your need for medical marijuana, however it has to be an edible? 
Could, or, could or they oil. make that rule? Yes, or absolutely, oils? absolutely. Really? Because the impact, the, the impact we're trying to minimize or avoid is the secondhand smoke. Is the smoke? It, that's that's the real impact. So, and here's this question then just came in, said, how can condo boards prove who is smoking the weed, though? Can they search my unit? Can they break down my door? This is a bunch of BS. Well, they can't break down your door, <laughs> but obviously boards react as a result of complaints. Yes. So if Charlie Brown in Unit 101 is complaining about Mary Smith's what he believes Mary Smith is smoking uh, marijuana in Unit 102, Charlie Brown would make a complaint to the board. The board then is obligated to investigate. And so anyone who has a complaint, make a note of the date, make a note of the time and the odor so that the board has something to go on, as opposed to simply saying, I think I smell marijuana. Where? I don't know. That doesn't help. So, But yeah, absolutely. So all of those things, but no, the, the boards do not have the ability to break down the door and uh, <laughs> determine whether or not you are or aren't in breach of a bylaw. Wow, I, I just want to clear this up. <laughs> okay. Now I'm a homeowner and I don't smoke the air. cannabis, but I, but I, you know, I, which is I, today changed nothing for me. Likewise, but I do have children that are renters, and yes. uh, so I'm curious on their behalf and others. Back to renting again. So yeah. I've got a lease. Yes. It never dealt with cannabis whatsoever because cannabis was not legal. So you would assume whether it was specified directly or implied, you can't ha have illegal activity in your apartment. Correct. So, fair. Now it's legal, and now the landlord comes out and says, uh, that's it, no more cannabis, oils, whatever. Does it matter when they came out with that? If I already had a lease, I had already been smoking it, if I thought they were aware of it, for example, and just turning a blind eye to it. I mean, what rights does a renter have with regard to when they were communicated with, what exactly was communicated to them, and what their habits had been prior to today. Yeah, and, and on that point, on that point, obviously the landlord-tenant relationship is governed by contract in the Residential Tenancy Act, and, and there's this wonderful um, non-profit uh, organization, the Landlord-Tenant Advisory Board, that helps uh, deal with those disputes. But generally, generally you look to the contract, the lease agreement that was entered into between the tenant and landlord, and hopefully it speaks to maybe, it may even say no smoking, well, any type of product. And for those who draft those agreements and draft well, they may have captured things like that. So you've got to look to your lease agreement. And obviously, too, the landlord, if he, if he she, or it puts forward some new policy to deal with cannabis, uh, the most effective way to enforce it is to ensure um, transparency in the process, ensure that there is some form of transition, ensuring that people understand the new rules. So part of the challenge in many of mm -hmm. these disputes is people don't communicate. So my lease well. agreement is still the legal document. Absolutely. If, right. So if they change the rules now as a result of today, that lease agreement is still there. And if it does not specify anything about smoking or growing, who's right? The lease We go to the lease agreement by default? It is, again, your lease agreement would definitely not say you're not allowed to drink alcohol in, in your unit. That, I, I've never seen such a lease agreement. And typically, legal activity, you don't put things in a lease agreement that deal with legal activities. Now, you may, even though smoking is legal, Many landlords have made their building smoke-free for obvious reasons. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For obvious reasons. But I can't think of a single building that's alcohol-free. 
So the point is, the point I'm trying to make is that the lease agreement is critical in understanding your legal rights in terms of living at that building. Condos and cannabis, more with Robert Noche right after this. You want to know why I pulled you over? Littering and smoking the reefer. Now to teach you boys a lesson, Officer Rabbit and I are going to stand here while you three smoke the whole bag. It's October 17th. Today, we refer to the experts on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. One of those experts we are referring to today is condominium lawyer Robert Nochi. Sorry, had to. They set it up. Robert, uh, text here. uh, If a person grows marijuana in a condo or a house when it comes time to sell, do you have to disclose that you grew marijuana or smoked marijuana in that condo? or house. Well, that is something I haven't even thought about because it's not something I ever had to mm-hmm. think about because the typical standard sale agreement that the Real Estate Council puts out talks about general illegal activities. So this is now a legal activity mm-hmm. and I, I think the Real Estate Council would it would bode well on the Real Estate Council to look at those provisions to to get some sort of representation from the buyer because and seller because I, I have to tell you, it may impact uh, the the quality of, of the home. Mm. Now, four plants may not matter. Exactly. Uh, we only have 15 seconds, so yeah. yes or no. If you already <laughs> have an agreement that says no smoking, yes. does that mean no smoking of anything? It depends on how well-defined smoking is. So you've got to look at that lease agreement. Boy, oh boy. Lots of things to yeah. think about. And yeah, I know that you were hoping that condo uh, boards were thinking about it a long time ago. <laughs> Robert Noche, thanks for joining thank us. So it was much. great to see you again. Likewise, thank you. Rolling baddies, smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? Who smoke the blunts? Rolling blunts and smoking.